This podcast is a member of the Voices of Wrestling podcasting network. Visit VoicesOfWrestling.com to hear the rest of our great podcasts, as well as show reviews, columns, opinions, and updates across the world of wrestling. It's my music. Break it down. Oh, you didn't know? Stand back. I'm a Masita. Do you smell what the rock is cooking? Eat me. You're listening to Music of the Mat on the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to Music of the Mat, the podcast devoted exclusively to the music of pro wrestling. It's all part of the Voices of Wrestling Podcast Network. I'm your host, Andrew Rich. This is episode 77, and yes, it is the third anniversary show for Music of the Mat. To celebrate, we will look at the infamous 2004 album, WWE Originals. And when I say we, I'm joined by original co-host of the show, my pal, Chris Maffei. Chris, welcome back. Thank you so much for having me. Happy three-year anniversary! Yeah, yeah, it feels like yesterday that we started the show on episode one, and uh, now it's three years later. Yeah, so. man, and, and we all know that the, the three-year anniversary is the bad album anniversary, so <laughs> we're doing it right. We're uh, celebrating in style, that's for sure. Yeah. That's for sure. <laughs> you know, when I mentioned this album on last year's anniversary show, I was just joking, but... <laughs> but listen, 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 actions have consequences, okay? <laughs> you put it out there, that's on I'm, you, all right? <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm being punished here. Well, we all are, we all yeah, are. Yeah, yeah, we have to pay the price in the end for this one, I guess. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> I guess, but... Um, but yeah, this is great to have you back on the show here, Chris. Absolutely. Um, for any any newer listeners who may not know, uh, Chris and I started the show three years ago, and then Chris left to uh, go his own way and do his own things. But every anniversary show, we have you back on here, Chris, and get the band back together and rekindle the magic. So it's always a treat when you're back on the show here. So I'm, I'm glad you're back on. I'm 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 super happy to be back. Thank you. It, it's great to talk to you again. You know, when I come back on, we get to the real important stuff like <laughs> X-Pac and aggression and WWE fucking originals. <laughs> this is the heavy duty stuff here. Yeah, for these special occasions, you got to break out the heavy hitters, you know, the, the heavy <laughs> artillery, the big guns. And uh, yeah, as you so eloquently put it there, Chris, uh, today we are covering WWE Originals, which is an album of Original songs performed by WWE wrestlers. Uh, of course, a part of the long-standing tradition of wrestlers making music. And uh, it, it's funny, Chris. Last year, we covered WWF Aggression. And you talked about how that album holds a, a special place in your wrestling fandom. Well, Originals does that for me, because this is actually the first wrestling album I ever owned. I remember going to the mall with my mom and my sister once, uh, to do some shopping, and uh, I guess to uh, appease young Andrew, my mom let me buy whatever I wanted, and uh, me being the exuberant young wrestling fan that I was, I wanted WWE Originals. I wanted the album, because it's a wrestling thing. I wanted it. <laughs> so my mom bought it for me. I was so excited, and when I got home, wouldn't you know it, Chris, I listened to this album maybe twice before <laughs> putting it away and never listening to it again that many so, huh oh oh yeah 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 i really wore that thing out for sure for sure uh but yeah not my favorite wrestling album but it was my first 
So um, what about you, Chris? Any uh, memories about this album, any chance? Uh, I mean, it's interesting that you say that this one holds, you know, the nostalgia for you because this one holds no nostalgia for me or any kind of like, I don't have any kind of sentimental appreciation for it or anything like that. I mean, I was obviously watching wrestling at the time still, but I don't know. This was, uh, this might've been the first WWE album that I didn't buy. And then I think I never bought one again. So great job, (laughs) WWE originals. Uh, you broke my streak there that I had going since like volume two. It's, Actually, uh, it's actually quite sad because every time the album came out, I'd, I'd go to uh, a local music store and, and pick one up. And uh, I don't know what happened with this one. Maybe I was just getting really into some other music or something, but I don't know. And uh, listening back to it now, I think I made the, the right choice back then to stay away. Yeah, I mean, it's similar to Aggression in that it's an entire album of quote-unquote original songs and not just a big collection of themes like WWE, The Music Volume, whatever. Um, of course, like Aggression, some of these songs were used as themes for a little bit to promote the album. The difference, though, is that the people performing the songs on Aggression were professional rappers with experience in the music world. Here, it's wrestlers who are doing the songs. And with the exception of, like, you know, Chris Jericho or Lillian Garcia... They don't have that musical experience. And in some cases, Chris, they don't have the talent either. <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean? I, I, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> no, I mean, this this album just doesn't quite have the charm even of an aggression or even something like WrestleMania, the album, or even like the Wrestle Rock Rumble or something like that. I mean, Larry's Abisco in the Wrestle Rock Rumble is a better rapper than anyone on this album. I mean, with the exception of, of John Cena and esoteric, he, I mean, he he'll destroy Booker T any day. Yeah. The lineup here. I mean, it's like Dudley boys, Kurt Angle, Booker T, Stacy Keebler. They're not known for their musical capabilities, shall we say. And speaking to the lineup here, I noticed that there aren't a whole lot of main eventers on this album with the exception of, like, Kurt Angle. It's basically just mid-to-upper-mid-carters, some tag teams, a bunch of divas, and Stone Cold, who's the retired legend. No Undertaker, no Triple H, no Brock Lesnar, no Shawn Michaels, no Goldberg. Not that I want them to sing, don't get me wrong. (laughs) (laughs) Could you imagine the Triple H song? I'd imagine, like, a poor man's motorhead. Something like that, you know. But but yeah, this is not an all-star game, Chris. Yeah, it's basically, hey, who can we embarrass and not feel too bad about it? Here, here you go. Hey, Stacy, want to want to get in the booth for a little bit? You know, I, you know, I give Jim Johnston a lot of credit for putting this project together because, number one, I don't think that he had a lot of input or help or resources in any way. I think he was just kind of given a list of people he has to work with, and I think they just said, hey, you come up with the stuff. You're the genius, and... uh I don't know if the result was in the end worth it. Um, And it's not surprising to me that they've never done anything like this again. I think it was very much a failed experiment. Yeah, they've done a few spare EPs every so often, like um, A Jingle with Jillian or the Elias EP that came out a few years ago. But as far as like a full on album of this stuff, no, I think this will go down as a one and done. Um, So before we delve into the album proper here, uh, just a few more pieces of info about it. 
It came out on January 13th, 2004. It was released on Columbia Records and reached number 12 on the Billboard 200, which isn't bad, but compared to other albums that they put out, not the best either. Uh, it was mainly composed and produced by Jim Johnston, of course, but one of the tracks was produced by Mike Post, who is a legendary TV composer. I mean, he did the music for Law & Order, NYPD Blue, The Rockford Files, The A-Team, L.A. Law, Magnum P.I., Quantum Leap, just a ton of iconic stuff. So maybe this album isn't as prestigious as those projects are. But uh, This is the, the crowning achievement of his career. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's probably more prestigious than Van Halen 3, which he also produced. So Ooh. swings and roundabouts, as they say, Chris. <laughs> That's true. I was surprised at how well this album did on the chart. I could not believe that. Although it is Wikipedia, so somebody could just be, you know, having a laugh about that. I don't know. Number 12 on the Billboard 200. Are we really believing this as a people? Wrestling albums were pretty huge back in the day. What can I tell you? I don't know. I'm, I'm suspicious. Okay. Okay. Well, keep it to yourself because okay, we have way okay. too many songs to play and no time for conspiracy theories in this one. So... <laughs> But uh, yeah, this this album is just stupidly overflowing with tracks here. 17 in total, starting with track number one, Stone Cold Steve Austin. He's in the studio with Jim Johnston, getting ready to open up a can of musical whoop-ass. But there's just one problem. Where's the beer? Hey, Steve. Welcome to the studio. Glad hey. to have you here today. Yeah, I'm glad to be here. You yeah. got everything ready, right? I got everything, uh, just like we spoke on the phone. Not okay, the well, just like you told me. Where's the beer? Um, you didn't mention beer. I specifically mentioned beer. How do you expect me to record a record without no beer? Okay. Sorry. Sorry. My mistake. I'll get some beer. Hey, it could happen to anybody, okay? I'm, okay maybe I shouldn't be so hard on you. It's kind of early in the morning. It's 3 o'clock in the afternoon, Steve. What are you saying? I No, I mean, no, just... Well, hey, let's listen to the track. I think you're going to be happy. Good, man. You, I'm looking forward to it. It's you, hard and heavy, right? Hard and heavy, but... Uh, you know, kind of going for a sensitive side of Steve Austin. and, and just Take a listen. See what you think. Sensitive side? Well, just take a listen. Take a listen. All right, I'll take a listen. But I, but I told you, hard and heavy. It's, it's really hard and heavy. Okay. Very hard and heavy. Get it. What do you think? Good, huh? Good. You're kidding me, right? No. Man, I told you hard and heavy. I told you well, rock and roll. Well, Steve, that wasn't... That wasn't rock and roll. It's just a different look at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Broaden, mm. broaden, broaden your character, you know? It is a different look at Stone Cold Steve... I'm not looking for a different look at Stone Cold Steve Austin. Okay, I well, told you what I wanted. Okay. That's not what I wanted. Clearly, that's not what I wanted. Sorry. What would make it more to your liking? You want me to show you something? Yeah. Yeah. You, Which guitar can what, I use? The, the, the six-string acoustic guitar right, that's leaning right next to you there on the guitar stand. Jim, an acoustic guitar has no place on this track. Well, you know, if you play it hard, sometimes, you know, it's amazing the, the, the depth you can get out of an acoustic. So now you're going to tell me, Stone Cold Steve Austin, how to play an acoustic guitar. And if I play it harder, if I twang the strings harder, that's going to make it sound more rock and roll, more violent? Yeah. Why don't you just pick up the guitar and see what you think? Okay, let me pick up the acoustic guitar and see what happens. Man, 
<laughs> did, you see, did you see the way my foot went right through the strings and crashed in the hole? Yeah, yeah I, I did. Yeah, I saw that. I'm sorry, but it's just so funny. You know what? Look at this one, Jim. I mean, it's an antique. Now you can go buy a new one. Why are you going to sit and play this old polish when you go buy your brand new one? It's a good point. Charge it to Vince. <laughs> so the concept of the album skit is one that you're familiar with, Chris, because you're a big hip-hop fan. Uh, Basically, it's just a quick comedy sketch that breaks up the songs and helps pad out the album. Personally, not a big fan of it because I just want the music, but for an album like this, which is already kind of tongue-in-cheek, then I guess it's part of the course, Chris. I guess so. I mean, I just can't stand skits on albums. I think they made many a rap album unlistenable, in the early to mid 2000s uh they're especially egregious on like an old janet jackson album where there's like 40 tracks and 32 of them were interludes of her like having phone sex or some shit (laughs) just 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 they're not they're not necessary these i will say um i love Steve Austin, he uh he was my favorite wrestler growing up he used to be the coolest person alive to me and uh, and then these happened, and that's all I'm going to say. All these are missing are Ted Fowler 361 and taking a little pause for the cause. These are basically where he got his, uh, his, his podcasting chops down. Because this is like, especially early on in, in the Steve Austin show, he was doing like this quote-unquote improv comedy a lot of times and it's just it's not good it's not good i'm sorry listen jim we'll get to your song in a minute here but uh first let me tell you about cougarlife.com <laughs> <laughs> see i i think it's less podcasting and more audio play because there, there's a narrative here with jim trying to get steve to record a song and there's sound effects and it's split up into five different acts if you will, but yeah, I mean, it's a WWE album with a bunch of novelty songs and wrestlers are singing. It's already pretty goofy, so why not? I guess so. At least make them funny, though. I laughed I'll... a little bit with these. I did. Uh, I was... The part where Steve not... goes, ah, I shouldn't be so hard on you, Jim. It's kind of early in the morning. And Jim goes, it's three in the afternoon, Steve. Like, stuff like that did get a laugh out of me. All right, that 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 one that one gets a chuckle, but... I think Austin legitimately thinks he's good enough to be on Whose Line Is It Anyway or something. Well, Austin like... is a funny guy. <laughs> like, he does have comedic chops, but, um, you know, comedy is subjective after all. That's so. true. I-, I would like to see him try to be on Whose Line, though. <laughs> Steve, can you tell us what you're seeing right now? Well, as you can see, the Trader Joe's parking lot is jam-packed. I can't get my rutabagas. <laughs> oh, I did da did da did da da did da Oh, I... <laughs> Track number two, and this is our first actual song on the album, and it's by Bubba Ray and Devon, the Dudley Boys. They've put down the tables and picked up the microphones. Their song is called We've Had Enough. We had enough uh, of the what you coulda, the what you woulda, the what you shoulda done <laughs> to avoid the unbeatable dogs and undefeatable too. <laughs> we had enough of the what you coulda, the what you woulda, the what you shoulda done. And we're prepared for war, prepared for the toe-to-toe, so let's go! Prepared for the head-to-head, enough said! We about to put these little punks to bed! One slap 
As I said earlier, uh, the problem with having an album full of wrestlers singing is that most of them cannot actually sing, and Jim Johnston, genius that he is, figured out a way around that. The ones that can't sing, don't let them sing, and that tone is set right away with the Dudley Boys. They don't even attempt to sing or carry a tune. All they do is shout. We had enough of the what you coulda, the what you woulda, the what you shoulda done. Ba 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 da, da ba da ba da ba 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 da. It's just very aggressive rap rock done over a music bed that sounds very similar to the Dudley Boys theme. And that makes sense because it's the Dudley Boys. You expect them to have an aggressive song of some type. It's not good, mind you. It sucks, <laughs> but it still makes sense, Chris. I was just surprised that Bubba Ray is not a terrible rapper. Like, he, he genuinely brought some energy to this. I think I was even more impressed with him than Devon, to be honest. And I hate Bully Ray, so it pains me to say that. But, I mean, I've heard some awful, awful rapping. Some of it on this album. And he, he doesn't really rank up there with some of the worst I've heard. It, you know, it wasn't... It, he didn't sound... He sounded like he would fit doing a feature on like a Cypress Hill track or something like that. You know, he, he genuinely brought some energy to it. I thought it was pretty cool, actually. Uh, Devon's ad libs, though, however, <laughs> it sounded uh, like yeah. it sounded <laughs> yeah. It sounds like he's trying to do a triple jump in Super Dudley '64. <laughs> wow! Whoa! Yippee! <laughs> Testify! <laughs> but uh, yeah, I mean, I'm right there with you because. I already hate Bubba Ray Dudley enough as it is. Him shouting at me does not help that at all. You know, he's got lines like, Prepared for the head-to-head, enough said. We about to put these little punks to bed. One slap kick-ass, bitch slap four. These little punks ain't ready for war. These little bitches ain't ready to ride. And there's nowhere to run, nowhere to hide. It's trying to be tough, trying to be hard, but number one, it's censored. And number two, the line right afterwards is, Lights out, one tag, two tags, kaboom! So it kind of lets the air out of the bag with that last silly word there, Chris. Although it's funny, though, uh, on the DVD, I, I, my wife alerted me to the fact that there's a bonus DVD included with this album. Uh, so we watched it. It's on Daily Motion, if you're interested. Uh, and it's hosted by Jonathan Coachman, who's a massive dork. Uh, but Devon on the DVD says that this song will showcase the softer side of the Dudleys. <laughs> And then, it, and you know, cut to the new Jack Diss. It's like the softer side. It's a, it's a regular easy listening track. Very soothing. It's, it's, it's like adult contemporary. Some more lines here. Catch me any part of town. Bling to the navel. Homie's got the eye on the cable. I step like I walk, like I don't care. I might screw face your whole place. I have no fear. A God-given package. Ask all women. Hard like steel tougher than denim navel cable women denim screw face your whole place uh <laughs> jim johnston not the sharpest writer in the shed to begin with 
Him being a nerdy white guy doesn't make for the best rap lyrics, Chris. No, he's 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 painfully white. You can see it in the DVD. He he just has no business doing this kind of music. And the first track, and we, what do we get? We get heavy metal guitars on a rap song. Now, granted, it it fits the Dudley's vibe, so I'm not you know I'm not saying it's out of place, but it's just it's like vintage Jim Johnston. Track number three, and uh, as Benny Benassi would say, "Push me and then just touch me till I can get my." Stratisfaction. Stratisfaction. It's Trish Stratus, who is the first of four women who sing on this album. Her song is called I Just Want You. Hi. Sorry to call so late. I just. I was missing you and I just wanted to talk. Maybe we can talk tomorrow. Make up your mind. Don't you want me like I, I want to feel that a touch that haunts me every night? It felt so right. I just want you. say the sequencing of this album is quite erratic all throughout because we just went from bebop and rocksteady screaming in our faces <laughs> to light acoustic piano love song with no transition in between um, i remember when i was in college i had a radio show and i would order the songs so that sonically it would sound nice and seamlessly flow from one song to the next here it goes from we've had enough of the what you coulda what but butter to I just want you I just want you just like that. It's pretty jarring, Chris. It's very jarring. You go from from whatever that was to like a single mom doing karaoke. <laughs> it's it's just it's all over the place. Yeah, I mean for what this is, it's fine. You know, Trish is going for like that female singer-songwriter vibe, like a, a Nora Jones, Sarah McLaughlin, Lisa Loeb, that sort of thing. And she's not that bad, I don't think. Not amazing, but still, you know, I, I was expecting to cover my ears with this one. I actually found myself, you know, okay with it. What about you, Chris? You know, I said karaoke. I think this is, it's karaoke at best and karaoke at worst, where it's not terrible, although I just don't think it's a well-written song. I love Jim Johnston, and he definitely has a wheelhouse, but this is not it, I would say. I, I think he's a little bit overextending himself. And it's also the problem with this album where all the women have to sing these kind of these songs about their feelings while the men get to be cool and tough and braggadocious. I, I just don't know if this is really... Trish. I don't know if this is what she listens to. I don't know if this is what she would be into. 
I, I have a feeling that it's just Jim Johnston. Maybe he wrote a song for his wife or something like that, and he just wanted to kind of get it on the album or something like that. But it just, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really work too well. It, even like the phone call at the beginning is, is, it's, it's kind of cheesy and painful and very early two thousands like Alicia Keys type of R and B type of thing. Uh, I, I was not a fan of this one, and Trish seemed very embarrassed about this on the DVD. I will say that she, she was not. Uh, seeming too confident about her offering. Yeah, lyrically, you're right. It's incredibly generic, um, even more so than the Dudley Boy song, because at least that had a few references in there, like New Jack and 3D. This one, there are no Trish references whatsoever. Make up your mind, don't you want me? Like I want to feel that touch that haunts me every night. It felt so right. So far away, another night alone, another day, another telephone call home. But one day, I'm going to find a way to make you stay. In my arms till ever after comes. You are the one. I just want you. It's standard light pop affair, and it says nothing about Trish whatsoever. You could have given this song to any diva on the roster, and it would not make a difference. Tori Wilson, Ivory, Sable, Don Marie, whomever, it would not matter at all, Chris. You could have given it to Lillian and she would have been able, able to really like belt it out, I feel. I feel that this might have been, she might have been really strong with this track, but I don't know. You could have tried Trish rapping, you know, or or you could have just like chopped her vocals up like Stacey Keebler and, and you know, put her in a, a weird Don't beatbox. spoil it now. Know. Come on. <laughs> That's a long ways away there. Come on now. <laughs> Moving on now to track number four, and a fun fact about this song, Chris, it's the only song on the album to have had five surgeries on its left knee. (laughs) (laughs) This is for Rey Mysterio, and it was also the theme song for No Way Out 2004, a show where Rey Mysterio lost. This one features Aloe Black. It's called Crossing Borders. One, two, three, four. Seis, uno, nueve. Life is hard, man. La vida es dura. Gotta believe in yourself, duda. No es chiste, es mi cultura. Si yo puedo con alma pura. Rey Mysterio con mensaje serio de su televisión straight to your stereo. Cada persona tiene sueños in order to move ahead. You gotta cross the border. They must have thought I was just a little mocoso. And all them haters said, No eres talentoso. Mírame, yo soy misterioso. Un mexicano con talento ingenioso. Puedo hacer cosas you can't believe. Tú no sabes what I have up my sleeve. De verdad, yo sé los diseño para realizar mis sueños. Tengo la cualidad de oro, en la que move como fuerza de un toro. De la costa oeste, con poder de mente, represento a San Diego y Tijuana de frente. Life is hard, man, la vida es dura. Gotta believe in yourself sin duda. No es chiste, es mi cultura. Si yo puedo con alma pura, rey misterio con mensajes. I don't know about you, Chris, but I, for one, am shocked, shocked that Rey Mysterio is doing a Latin hip-hop song. Uh, I am just floored by this, because I would have expected, you know, Norwegian death metal or Mongolian throat singing, but this, this is out of left field. 
Yeah, I don't know if it really fits him, to be honest. <laughs> no, no. In all seriousness, if you listened to the Rey Mysterio episode that Rich and I did a little while ago, it was just jam-packed with Latin hip-hop songs. So this is par for the course. We've got the Latin hip-hop beats, we've got the classical guitar in the intro, Ray raps in English and Spanish, and even switches from one to the other in the middle of a line, which I think is uh, both pretty cool and a nod to his Mexican-American heritage. And overall, yeah, it's a pretty fun song here, Chris. I have a lot of fun with this song, I gotta tell you. I really, for some reason, I can't put my finger on it. I just, I enjoy it. I get a kick out of it. It's fun to listen to. It's got a nice beat. Ray's actually got some talent as a rapper. In fact, he's better than some wrestlers who actually do have rap careers. R-Truth, R-Truth, R-Truth. And, uh, you know, it's it's great. You mentioned it, it It was the theme song for No Way Out 2004. It's also the theme song for me driving by Trump rallies and blasting <laughs> it out of my car. So that's a lot of fun. I just, I love this song, I gotta say. We're gonna make America great again. We're gonna seis uno nueve. <laughs> yeah, lyrically, you know, this checks all the boxes. Talks about him being Mexican-American and being of those two worlds. He's got talent. He's got dreams. People told him he wouldn't make it because he was too small, but he worked hard and he proved them all wrong. And if you have dreams, you can do that too. So tonally, musically, this is a much different kind of rap song than We've Had Enough, which just punches you in the face over and over and over again. This one is a lot more positive and inspirational. And considering Rey Mysterio is like the ultimate good guy, that lines up nicely there, Chris. Yeah, it reminds me a lot of uh, the Filthy Animals song, Psycho. It reminds me like so much of that, like from the beat and just kind of the vibe of it. And that's a that's a real fun song as well. Right, right. I do want to bring up the music video for this song, yes. which is the most stereotypical <laughs> Latin hip-hop music video ever. Because we got lowriders, we got cholos we got pit bulls we got sexy women shaking their hips and dancing which you know it's a bit uncomfortable because it's Rey mysterio and he is not a sexy lothario man by any stretch <laughs> so seeing these women dance with him is you know a little awkward but regardless of that they also have clips of him you know in the ring and uh photos of him as a little kid so again paying homage to his past and his story and um, his love for cholo gangsters, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> but it's it's a fun video, Chris. It's a lot of fun. He he didn't embarrass himself here, unlike a lot of people on this album. He, it, it's a lot of fun. Uh, one more thing here. Uh, Aloe Black is a singer, rapper, and producer. Uh, best known for his singles, I Need a Dollar and The Man. He sang the vocals on the Avicii song, Wake Me Up. And he's got two other songs that were used as WWE pay-per-view themes. Ticking Bomb for Payback 2014, and King is Born for Royal Rumble 2018. So there you go. And the crowning achievement in his career is Crossing <laughs> Borders by Rey Mysterio. Absolutely. Absolutely. Track number five, and we're going to head back to the studio here, where Old Stone Cold is strapping on the guitar and workshopping his song with Jim Johnston. It's called, Did You Feel It? Who would ever in a million years thought to put an acoustic guitar in a guitar stand right here in the studio. Well, I, I won't do that again. Yeah, well, obviously not with that guitar. <laughs> hey, you, you can't, you, you can't get all sad about this thing. That's the way things go, you know. Hey, you know, it happens in the studio all the time. Give me that stupid electric guitar and I'll show you what I'm talking about. Okay. Okay, now I'm not real warm. I hadn't done my finger exercises. 
you know, they've been wrapped around a 12 ounce can. Uh, but anyway, here's basically what I'm looking for. So just, just kind of listen to us and check it out. Here we go. <coughs> That's that's rough. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, that that's heavy. That that's what I want. I want to rock and roll. I want energy. I want I want aggression. I want violence. But let me ask you something. You know what? When I just give you that guitar track, I know you heard it, but did you feel it? Because because you feel a great musician. You don't just hear him. You feel him. Did you feel what I just gave you? I felt something. Okay. Well, give it to me back and let okay, me see. Okay. Here, here, here we go. Here we go. Tell me. Okay. This is what you're looking for. You're trying to insult my intelligence? No, I, that ain't even close to what I just played. It's a, it's Would a, you try it one more time, please? Okay. I, no, no, I'll, no, no. I'll, I'll, I'll go you one better. Really, Pretty, please. Would you please try it again? I'll really stretch the envelope this time. They don't just stretch it. I mean, push it some bit. Hit it. Now you're starting to get it. Okay. Big then round then, of applause. Okay. Well, thanks for the guidance on that. So Stone Cold has already smashed the acoustic guitar. So suck it, Jeff Jarrett. He's got the electric guitar, and he plays a riff for Jim. And the virtuosity and the technical ecstasy with which he plays, you would think it was the second coming of Joe Satriani. I mean – I remember when he played Kumbaya with Vince and Kurt Angle that one time. I had no idea that this talent was inside this guy the whole time, Chris. It's amazing. You know, you'd figure with Austin being able to shred like this, if Vince really, if Vince knew about this, I, I would think that he would have been brought in as Man Mountain Rock instead of the Ringmaster. <laughs> I mean, the, the gimmick just, it, it writes itself. Man. He, he did, like, the intro solo from The Man in Black from WrestleMania, the album. Like, he he ripped this thing up. This was Eruption by Van Halen. It, yeah. It's pretty incredible. <laughs> yeah, and uh, then Jim tries it out, and it's all weak, and Namby Pamby, and Austin's like, What the hell is that? Alpha brain, what are you doing? <laughs> and... <laughs> and Jim does it again, and uh, this time he gets it right, and Austin gives him a nice... Nice round of applause there for Jim Johnston. Oh, boy. Track number six, and it's the once and future king, Booker T. The Booker Man getting into the studio here. His song is called, Can You Dig It? It's the Booker Man, y'all. Can you dig it? Yeah. Yeah, that's it, man. <laughs> Can you yeah. dig it? That's what I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah. Uh. Can you dig it? Yeah. Can you dig it, sucker? <laughs> Yeah. Can you dig it? Yeah, it's all real. You can find me in the stage, center of attention. Book a tease here like Ben Diesel's triple accent. On the count of three, I want y'all to spit it. One, One two, two, three, can you, can you dig, dig it? Dig it? Yeah, doing it like it go. Doing it like a G.O. go, baby. Can you dig it? Can you dig it, sucker? More the man, hey, stuff with me, uh, not a good plan. I gotta show the world a better way for the youth. 
Cause all eyes on me Cause Booker T's the truth Wherever you stay up Wherever you at Booker T's put it down Man as simple as that Yeah Booker ain't hating Ain't dissing a thing No more drama in my life For the vibe I bring Can you dig it? Yeah That's it right there First off The amount of times Booker T goes Yeah Uh huh That's right Yeah Is simply staggering uh, completely dwarfs Devon in that regard. And second, three out of the four actual songs we've gotten so far have been rap songs. Luckily, there has been some variety with the kind of rap they've been, but so far it's been pretty skewed towards that genre, Chris. A lot of rap songs and a lot of uh-huh yeahs on this album so far. I would actually like to count the amount of uh-huh yeahs in this song and then compare it to the amount of uh uh-huh yeahs in Come With Me by Puff Daddy from the Godzilla soundtrack. Do you remember that song? I do, yes. Because it it would be very close. Yeah, this song, it skews more towards the funky side of things. Um, Falls in line, of course, with Booker T's entrance theme, Rap Sheet. But it's definitely got some fun energy to it, more so than the other two rap songs do, which also fits because it's Booker T. He's a fun wrestler. Yeah. Um, lyrically speaking, that's its own ball of wax. But uh, what do you think overall about Can You Dig It, Chris? No, you're right. He's a fun wrestler. He's the type to come and speak at your school, in fact. I love that. I just, I get such a such a kick out of that. I, I just, why? Why was that a lyric? Well, it's a fairly autobiographical song, you know, because it references Booker's wrestling career with Harlem Heat and five-time WCW champion, Spinner Rooney, but there are also references to his personal life growing up, too. Um, man, this ain't about guns and drugs and ill thugs. This is about making it better for little cuz. Before he was a wrestler, Booker T was in jail for armed robbery, and when he got out, he wanted to make a better life for himself and his son, so he started wrestling. And as well, that positivity and that inspirational message is all over the song. Gotta show the world a better way for the youth, all eyes on me, Booker T's the truth. Don't be fooled because he bruised. Booker T the type to come speak at your school. Booker <laughs> made a change in his life, just like Mace. Now Booker get respect when he come in the place. So it's in that same vein as Rey Mysterio's song, where it's inspirational and it's hopeful, except it's even more so. Let me ask you, did you ever have a wrestler come and speak at your school? Uh, Drew Bledsoe once spoke at my school, but uh, no wrestlers, okay. no. no. Okay. I gotta tell you, Mick Foley once came to speak at my school because I live on Long Island, so he probably goes to all the schools. But I wasn't a part of the group that got to see him, and I was mad. Let me tell I was sitting in English class fuming that Mick Foley is in my middle school auditorium and I couldn't be in there. I was so mad. I will never forget that. He actually mentions it in one of his books. He actually specifically mentions going to speak at a school in Bellport. So if you read, I think it's the second book, whatever that was called. Foley Foley is is good. good. Yeah, yeah. I think he mentions it in there. And I remember reading that book and then being extra mad that he mentioned this one particular school appearance in his book and I didn't get to see it. I was crushed. Booker T, however, did not come to speak at my school. I would have enjoyed that, though. Be funny if like the next paragraph in the book was like, and the reason why I didn't go to that class is because of that damn Chris Maffei kid. (laughs) That little bastard. (laughs) That son of a bitch. He cheered for Austin over me that one time. Never forgot it. (laughs) But um, other lyrics here that I want to bring up. uh, Again, not Jim Johnston's A material here. You can find me center stage, center of attention. Booker T's here. 
like Vin Diesel triple X in. Booker's wait, wait, so he's, wait, he's what now? <laughs> Booker T's here like Vin Diesel triple X in. I I know I know, but what does what does that mean when you really think about it? Is he doing porn? Uh, I don't think so. I think it's just a reference to the movie. <laughs> what what is the, what is the punchline here? I don't I don't, I don't fucking know. Booker, what are you what are you doing? <laughs> you're speaking at schools. You're doing porn. Get it together, man. <laughs> Booker's so humble in this concrete jungle. Right or wrong, I rumble till the wrong tumble. From giants to midgets, can you dig it? Booker's so humble, and then he proceeds to brag about himself for an entire song. <laughs> Nicely done. You, you know, we're talking about lyrics here. I did actually manage to find some unused lyrics from Booker T's recording session. Do you want to hear them? <laughs> yes, please. My name is Booker T, and there ain't none bigger. Watch out, Hulk Hogan. We coming oh, no. for you. No, okay. Let me stop right there. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I I did not read that all the way through. Okay, whew. Almost got canceled there. Whew, that was a close one. Oh, jeez, man. You're like Randy Orton on a Twitch stream. Jeez. Hey, hey, while you're at it, could you do another performance of the uh, the mashup with the Rob Van Dam theme? I was about to mention that. <laughs> oh, boy. I, I will never forget your, uh, your riveting performance of that from our very first episode. Yeah, Booker T used this song as his theme for a little bit. <sighs> Which meant that when he teamed up with Rob Van Dam for a little while, we got the mashup theme of Can You Dig It and One of a Kind. I will not be singing that song here or playing that <laughs> never song again. here. Never Ever again. We will bury that monstrosity forever. <laughs> okay, I'll play a little bit of it right here. It's the book of man, y'all. That's it. That's enough. No more. Never again. <laughs> Never again. But hang on a second. They still haven't stopped doing that stuff, by the way. <laughs> they still haven't stopped. They haven't learned their lesson yet. Yeah, that uh, that mashup walked so the Kabuki Warriors mashup could run. Let's let's say that. Yeah. <laughs> OK, moving on now to track number seven. And uh, speaking of nightmare songs, uh, <laughs> this is a song for Kurt Angle. We all know the iconic Kurt Angle taunt during his entrance. You suck. You suck. You suck. You suck. Well, Kurt has a response to all those taunts. It's this song. And it's called, I Don't Suck. Really. Whoa, before you get started, I have something to say. Depressing to see. Cause you know you can't be better than me. 
start at the bottom and long for the top. I'll always be here to make your dreams stop. I've got it all from head to toe. Looks, brains, class, you'll never know. Second place is the best you'll ever do. Be happy with that before I do worse to you. I don't suck. I don't suck. I don't Kurt Angle won a gold medal with a broken freaking neck. Well, when he recorded this song, I wish he had a broken freaking voice box. Folks, come on now. Okay. So, I think, objectively, this is the worst song on the album. Yes. Kurt can't sing, he can barely rap, his timing and inflection are both really awkward, and the lyrics are some of the most simplistically stupid you'll ever find. But, if you think about this song from a kayfabe sense, it actually kind of works, because Kurt is such a goofball, and such a doofus, and such a white bastard that he should not have a cool-sounding rap song. He thinks it's cool, which is why he puts so much emphasis into it. I don't suck. I don't suck. But it's actually terrible. So, as horrible as this song is, and it's bad, I think it ends up working from like a character standpoint, Chris. You're absolutely right. It's so bad, and yet so appropriate for Kurt. And I'm just gonna go out on a limb and assume that he probably wrote it himself. And if he didn't, then I don't think Jim would want his name attached to this one, but it's just, he can't even read words on tempo. Just read words. And like musically, this isn't anything great either. The Kurt Angle theme doesn't really lend itself well to electric guitar. I mean, okay, let me rephrase that. The Kurt Angle theme in this incarnation doesn't lend itself well to electric guitar. When it's Zach Gowen's theme and you rework it and you use the chords in a different way, it does. But in this incarnation, it just sounds real cheesy. Somehow not as bad, though, as the version of Angle's theme on the anthology. You know that one? Where it has the electric guitar and, and like, the really weird drums? I don't remember that one. No, no. It's pre- it's pretty bad, too. It might have even been like a demo for this. It sounds kind of like what they were going for. I'm just going to be real with you right now. One of my biggest fears in life is losing my hearing. I, I honestly don't think that I would want to live without being able to hear because I love I love music so much. Unless the alternative was only being able to hear this song, <laughs> in which case I would trade my hearing away in an instant. I can't stress that enough. This is so painful. There are way too many lines to choose from here, so I'll just pick a couple. What could you do that would ever scare me? All of you out there, I'm a dog. You're a flea. That's bad enough, but this one I love. Anything you can do, I can do better. Even when I rap, I rap more better. It's now like that. No, no, I'm, I'm not sorry. fucking done. I'm not fucking done here, okay? <laughs> It's like this body when wrapped in leather. Perfection, and it gets no better. He rhymes better with better twice in four lines. And that's not even the the biggest thing wrong with that line. It's like (laughs) this body when wrapped in leather. That is not an image I want in my head, okay? I, I don't want to picture Kurt Angle as the gimp 
in Pulp Fiction. All right, I don't want that in my head. <laughs> I'm just really hoping he means when he has a belt around his waist, because otherwise there are some implications that, yeah, I, I don't want those images in my mind. I really don't. Although I do want to take it back to anything you can do, I can do better. Even when I rap, I rap more better. That line legitimately sounds like a line from the Super Hot Fire rap battle videos on YouTube. I don't know if you're familiar with them, but that's where that gif comes from of like people going crazy around the dude with like the hoodie and the glasses. Oh, yes. That's where that comes from. That legitimately is a Super Hot Fire line. That it's it sounds so much. That's immediately what it reminded me of. It's funny you had some uh, unused lyrics for the last song. Well, I actually stumbled upon some unused lyrics for this song, so I'm gonna read those now for you. I've got gold medals around my neck. Hey, Charmel, let's have bestiality sex. Uh, you know, it's funny. I just found some unused lyrics myself here. Oh, you you son of a gun. I'm the king of church, the master of the steeple. Truth be told, I'm not a very big fan of the black people. (laughs) He said that line in a promo (laughs) once for real. I know. (laughs) Don't cancel me on that one, Wokes. That's not me. All right. (laughs) I I, I think most people remember if you don't look it up on YouTube. His word. His word is not Andrew's. (laughs) Truth be told, I'm not a very big fan of the black people. Oh, God. This is just a, a doozy of a song. I rap like I wrestle, envy of others. The only white rapper in tune with the brothers. All eyes on me. And if I was you, best believe I'd keep my eyes on me. 200 plus pounds of a body splendid. Braggadocious. Oh, so ferocious. Focused. Like... I refuse to believe that Jim Johnston wrote these lines with complete sincerity, okay? Because he either wrote them knowing they were shit, or Kurt walked into the studio with a piece of paper, slapped it down on the desk. Jim, that's audio gold right there. We're going with that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, he, he, he He was ready to do this. He was excited. He brought, like, the intensity he would bring to a WrestleMania main event to this track. My favorite part, though, is... We get this little breakdown in the middle of the track, and then all of a sudden it sounds like a music cue that would be playing when the Power Rangers are hanging out at the juice bar. It's just real weird. You know, Kurt Angle actually, I think, would have made a great Power Ranger. He would have been an excellent Red Ranger, I think. Better than Rocky, I would say. Well, you mentioned the background music. Uh, There is an awkward moment towards the end there where Kurt goes, and now rap meets rock. And it's time that you drop and the music drops out. But instead of it returning with like this emphatic, bah, bah, instead it awkwardly fades in and kind of ruins the moment, which again, kind of goes along with Kurt being a goober, I suppose. And now rap meets rock and it's time that you drop, drop. I guess so. Although I will say he seemed very happy with how the track came out on the DVD. So he he's probably just thrilled that he even got the chance to do this. Up next is track number eight, and it's another women's wrestler. This is Amy Dubois, a.k.a. Lita. And, <laughs> and uh, Lita, she's had her own music career outside of wrestling uh, with her old band, The Luchagors. But this is where it all started. Her song is called When I Get You Alone. 
So purely from like a music standpoint, I'd say this track definitely sounds like a Lita song because it's pop punk, it's got that brash, youthful spirit. It even does that thing in the bridge that so many pop punk songs do where it echoes the line and adds a filter to it. All of my life, they told me I'm wrong. All my life, they told me I was wrong. And Lita is like the punk girl next door where she's edgy. You know, she's got the tattoos and the fishnets and the, the hot pants, but she's cool. She's approachable, like an Avril Lavigne or Hilly Williams from Paramore. Unfortunately, uh, I don't think Lita is as good of a singer as those two are. Uh, her, her vocal range is a lot more limited, shall we say, Chris. You're being a little bit kind to her. I would just, <laughs> I'll just say that some people just shouldn't ever sing, a.k.a. vocalize. <laughs> <laughs> now, second of all, is this about Matt Hardy? Well, um, it was probably written mid to late 2003, so presumably yes, I suppose. They don't say his name, but... We're supposed to believe that this is about Matt Hardy. You know she was thinking about Edge, even at that point. I mean, your guess is as good as mine, okay? I, I... Listen, I'm just trying to figure out something to talk about with this song. It was... It, 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 it's... I don't know. I. It, it's. It's boring. It's... You thought it fit Lita's character. I don't know. I thought she'd be a little bit more like up-tempo punk, kind of uh, more like skatery, something you'd listen to at the skate park type of thing. Well, when I say that it fits her, I did say from a music standpoint, because the lyrics, you're right, they are weird because eventually her character did morph into the, uh, what, the, the Jezebel sex demon with Edge. <laughs> but at this point, she's still primarily known as the punk rocker, you know, that's her character. And that's how she became popular to begin with. You know, she was this fearless, headstrong badass in Team Extreme that wouldn't take shit from anybody. You know, the refrain of her theme song is, so fuck your rules, man. So it is weird to me that her song here would be reduced to just, I'm dreaming of you and I wanna be with you and I get you alone and, and so forth, Chris. Yeah, it's the trend of the album where it's all kind of about like emotions and feelings for the women. And I would have much rather heard a song from the Jezebel sex demon. I would have rather heard something that's a little bit crazier and more chaotic. I thought that would have been pretty cool. And she did go on to have a musical career. So you would think that that would be a natural. But I don't know this. Uh, it looked like she had a good time in the studio with Jim. So, you know, good for them. This one was my least favorite song on the album, I would say, even including Kurt Angle's song. I guess Kurt's song was at least funny bad. Uh, this yes. is just generic and forgettable. Yeah. At least, at least it gave us gave us some great comedy, uh, some great comedy bits to to riff on on the podcast. <laughs> true, true. But uh, yeah, not much else to say about this one, I guess. Back to the studio now for track number oh, nine, boy. and uh, by gum, Chris Stone Cold <laughs> as a new complaint levied towards Jim Johnston. You changed the lyrics. Where were we? Do we, we gonna, we're gonna I was asking and... you about the lyrics. Yeah. I was just wondering if you're if you know you're okay with them. You know, I mean, I... Well, I these aren't the lyrics that I faxed you. Well, I got your fax, and I just 
wanted to clean up the lyrics a little bit. Just clean them up. You completely rewrote the song. I didn't rewrite the songs. Steve. You're insulting my integrity as a songwriter, Jim. I, no, I, I think I. You say my songwriting I, sucks? No, no, it was great, really great idea. Now you're patronizing me. I'm not. Now you are. I just wanted to... First you think you're better than I am, then you chop my song up, you ridicule me as an artist, then you patronize me to make me feel better. I was just, you know, sort of making a few simple grammatical, you know, just kind of tightening up the prose. Now you're saying I can't speak right, my grammar's bad. No, I tried to maintain the integrity of how Stone Cold Steve Austin speaks, which is certainly beloved. Beloved? That's patronizing again. You're trying no. to make you, you, you. What you're trying to do is saying that I sound stupid. I don't think I changed the lyrics that much, but if you like your version, then let's just do that. You keep pushing my buttons. What's the big hurry here? I just you haven't really created anything, Jim. It takes time, and now you're trying to push me into doing these vocals. Do I feel like singing just right now? Boom. No. It might take just you know a couple of seconds to get ready. You know, I have I have a real problem with trying to be creative with someone who won't cooperate with me. When, when would you like to start singing? I'm going to drink his damn beer, and then I'm going to start singing. Okay. I'm going to sing my damn heart out, as a matter of fact. Okay. You're not just going to hear it, but you're going to feel it. What do you, what do you mean? Feel? So, not to date the album too much here, but uh, Jim says that Austin sent over his lyrics by fax. Uh, Chris, when was the last time you used a fax machine? The last time I used a fax probably would have been in college when I had to do an internship, and they made me randomly fax over some paper. That's legitimately the last the, and the only time I ever could have remembered doing uh, sending a fax. And that would have been like 2011, 2012-ish. But yeah, fax machines are all but obsolete at this point. I think I've used it maybe once in my life at work, but never anywhere else because I can just you know scan a document and email it to people. But uh, again, 2004, fax machines very much still prevalent around this time but uh yeah the gist of this segment here austin is upset that jim changed his lyrics we don't know what the lyrics are but he's upset because they were changed he thinks jim is mocking him and patronizing him and you know what stone cold he doesn't want to sing in these conditions so maybe next time we'll get to hear stone cold sing chris yeah maybe i don't know very very clever very clever steven steven jimmy back with some comedy aka humor <laughs> Track number 10, and this is not a wrestler, but rather a ring announcer. It's Lillian Garcia, who also has a music career outside of wrestling. Her song is called You Just Don't Know Me At All. You have 
one word. Evanescence. Right? <laughs> yes. I mean, th- this is just your prototypical mid-2000s female empowerment rock song. Musically, lyrically, it's all there. And with Lillian, it's not a sound that we associate with her typically. No. I mean, she's a really good singer, don't get me wrong. Like, the best one on the album, for sure. But generally, we're used to her singing, like, the National Anthem or some fun pop song or whatever. We don't expect her really to delve into this kind of darker tone. But I guess, as the title says, Chris, we just don't know her at all. I guess not. I mean, the other option was her singing the national anthem on this album, which <laughs> I don't know how that would have went. But yeah, it, it it did seem a bit heavy for Lillian. Maybe she's into this type of stuff. And you're right. It is very, you know, evanescence. My wife even said maybe a little bit of Alanis Morissette, jag, jagged little pill there. You know, I guess she's into it, though, because she does have a co-writing credit on this. So I'm, I'm not going to say that it's just Jim Johnston forcing his martial amps down her throat. You know, I, I'm, I'm guessing that she was probably really into this. And she, you know, she's got a great voice. She's she's really a good singer. She's genuinely talented. Um, I don't know. I'll probably never listen to this again. But I mean, it's fine. I'm just wondering, is this about Viscera, maybe? <laughs> or, or... Is it about Charlie Haas, who knocked her off the apron that one time? Remember that? (laughs) Yeah, I do. I've been through all this hell before. I've seen it all and more. If you think I'm going to fade away, you don't know me. You tried to manipulate, well now this is your fate. Because piece by piece, I'm going to tear you down. Your soul is screaming. Who's crying now? Your heart is bleeding. Who's sorry now? You've got Trish and Lita who are singing about wanting to be with a guy and have some fun or whatever. No, Lillian, she is a woman scorned, okay? She's got scars, and she is out for blood. I mean, it's like, this is a very serious affair here, Chris. Yeah, it's almost like I would have expected more of this vibe from Lita instead of Lillian. But you know what? Lillian did a good job. She's got a great voice. Not the best when it comes to pronouncing names sometimes, but (laughs) yeah, as far as singing goes, she's got the goods. Or remembering nicknames. Long Island, I see Jack Swagger. (laughs) Track number 11, and this is another tag team, Eddie and Chavo, Los Guerreros, who by the time the album came out, had already split up. So this song was outdated from the get-go. It features Aloe Black and Liz Pena. It's called We Lie, We Cheat, We Steal. Ole Eddie. Ole Chavito. Looking good, Holmes. Ah, you too, Not as good as me, baby. <laughs> you wish, she said. Hey, check it out, Holmes. Watch your head, man. Look at the mama sitting there walking down the street, hey, baby. So 
So the music is obviously sampling the Los Guerreros theme. The same upbeat Latin flavor with the keyboards and the horns and uh, all the bells and whistles. Literally bells and whistles. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> Not enough whistles, I think. I think you need you needed maybe a good 12 to 24 more tracks of whistles there. A real uh, missed opportunity to set a world record. Yeah, and, and Eddie and Chavo, they're a fun tag team. Very charismatic and colorful. they got the lowriders. Their gear has very bright colors like, you know, green, red, yellow. As far as their performances go, um, they definitely fall into the Kurt Angle side of things, I think, because they don't exactly have a lot of musical flow to them, do they? It's more like exuberant talking, Chris, if you want to call it that, where they've got the enthusiasm (laughs) down pat. They're very gung-ho about the song here, but they don't quite have a lot of uh, talent to, to back it up. At least they know they're bad. On the DVD, they admitted that they know that they're not good. So at least they're self-aware about it. But my experience in listening to this, it it was a slippery slope from, oh, this is fun. This is delightful. They're so bad at this, but it, it's great. Wait, what a minute? What? What are they doing? This is, um, what? No, stop putting women in your back seat. What are you doing? What is going on here? I was I was a little bit alarmed at some of the lyrical content here. It's like Los Guerreros Mad Libs because it's them just throwing every character trait and catchphrase they've got into the song with the lowriders, mamacita, senorita, chica, oye vato, lie, cheat, steal. I think the most creative line in the song is I'm the C to the H to the A-V-O. I'm the E to the double D-I-E, you know. That's about as creative as it gets, I think, in this one, Chris. I wonder how long it took them to actually get that down on tape. How many takes that took. Yeah, I, I, I feel for Jim Johnston in, in these type of situations. I really do. It's like it's almost like why didn't they just like steal the skits from Austin and just do skits on the album instead of doing a song? That would have been fun. They could just they could have just stolen the skit from Austin. They steal the instruments from the studio. Like steal the yeah, steal the instruments from the studio. See, that would have been funny. Now we're getting somewhere. Let's go back and redo. Oh, we can't. Hmm. I I miss Eddie. I miss him too. I really do. I miss him too. Yeah, yeah. Um, By the way, I don't know if you picked up on this at all, but the melody of the refrain sounds so close to the melody of the refrain in The Message by Grandmaster Flash. We Ah, got the Latin heat for the ladies we meet. Don't push me. Cause I'm close to the edge. I'm trying not to lose my head. <laughs> They're very similar, Chris. That's a great observation. Have you ever put this together that the melody in the Los Guerreros theme song sounds kind of like the melody in Lars Sullivan's theme song? Oh, yeah. I, I never put that together. You're right. They do it, just, it just ends on a, on a dun, different dun, note. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, yeah. They're very similar. Granted, he's probably not coming out ever again, so I don't think anyone will <laughs> have a chance to really notice that ever again. But I'm the L to the A to the R. No, 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 no. <laughs> <laughs> no, continue. No, continue. no. That's all I got. That's all I got for that one. Sorry. <laughs> Up next, track number 12, and it's for the current AEW world champion Chris Jericho, who at this point is still Y2J Chris Jericho, 
the Painmaker gimmick, just a twinkle in the eye here. Jericho performs this song with his fozzy bandmate Rich Ward. It's called Don't You Wish You Were Me. I was just taking a sip of water and I will spit it out all over my speakers. (laughs) So I talked about this song uh, last year on the Chris Jericho episode. Uh, So Chris, I will let you take the reins on this one here. Give us your thoughts on Mr. Jericho's tune. You know, some people just shouldn't sing ever. Uh, I, I mean, listen. The thing I hate the most about AEW is not the Dark Order. It isn't Brandy Rhodes, Riverdale Community Theater bullcrap. It's not the butcher, the baker, and the candlestick maker. It's having to hear Jericho's fucking song and have it stuck in my head for at least the next 48 hours. Because it's not a bad song. It just gets in there and it doesn't go away. And I'm sick of that song. And having to listen to this song... This, this song almost was like the precursor to that song in a way. It, it, it kind of reminds me of it in a, in a little bit of a way. And I just, I can't get it out of my head now. And specifically, what I can't get out of my head is not even this version of this song. It's the version of this song from a YJ Stinger commercial that he did around this time that used this song, but changed the lyrics around a little bit and inserted the words Enraged Raspberry into the chorus. I've had that playing on repeat in my head since late last week, and I'm sick of it, and I'm ready to just purge it all right now and get it out and let it be done, because I'm I'm so done having Chris Jericho's voice. I'm becoming Judas right now. That's that's what's going on right now. I'm sick of it. I I can't. ah! Listen to me. Listen to me, you sweet summer child. Judas is not just one of the greatest songs in wrestling, but in the entire world, okay? There will be no Judas slander on this podcast. I will defend that song to my goddamn grave, and I love it unabashedly, unironically, and wholeheartedly, okay? This song, though, fucking sucks. I hate everything about this song, from the intro with Jericho screaming down a hallway, to the vocals, to his try-hard lyrics to the little whispering thing going on in the background. Judas, I love you. This one, no thanks, Chris. No, no. And people at home, if you want to suffer like me, 
Look up the Chris Jericho YJ Stinger commercial on YouTube. I promise you, it's something. So look it up. You know, on the DVD, actually, Jericho does uh, a little bit of improv comedy of his own with Jim Johnston. And he's actually much better at it than Steve Austin because he actually has taken some improv classes. Uh, And the highlight of this for me was him insisting on having a maraca solo in the song because the the word he says the word rock is in maraca so just real high quality improv comedy and uh yeah chris jericho just uh you know fozzy they they had a few good albums there when they were doing covers and they and they were being produced by andy sneep who's one of the best modern metal producers, but everything after that, I just, I can't do it. He's, he's, he's a good front man, but he's not a good vocalist. Did you notice the possible foreshadowing to Judas in this song? Uh, I did not pick up on that. The line, inside my mind, there is a freak. Judas in my mind? Okay, all right. It's right there, Chris, all right? I'm not fucking crazy, okay? <laughs> it's right there, all right? <laughs> <laughs> Track number 13, and uh, God damn it, Chris, Stone Cold, he, he's almost ready to sing. He just needs Jim Johnston to do one last thing. Drink your beer. You're yeah, impeding you know. the progress of this recording because you won't drink a beer. No, I mean, you know, I mean, I mean, my God, I'm... I love the way you sit there and you act like you're not being pushy, but you're being very suggestive, but you're being suggestive in a very pushy way. Why don't we just, look, look, let's, let's just... You got a resume, you. I might want to see your credentials before I sing. Maybe, what have you done? What have you? Um, Why? Well, I, I wrote your theme. Yeah, see how yeah. I'm getting ready to sing? Yeah. Yeah, you wrote that, didn't you? Yeah. And yeah. I love that you put the glass in. I always kick ass. Yeah, thank genius. you. Genius. Thank you very much. I know. And then after I say genius, you know, I finally get to meet you and hang out with you a little bit. And I'm thinking, what a fing moron. You know, and then when I think about it, anybody could have went, da 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 da. Anybody could have done that. Yeah, but. Well, I'm going to tell you one t- one time, and this is going to be the last time, to get a beer. Okay, I'll get a beer. There you go. You know, it's funny. If you'd have got a beer five minutes ago, we wouldn't still be doing this five minutes later. I got a beer. Okay. Here we go. One Just because you got a beer in your hand. Well, you said get a beer, and I got a beer. So, I mean, I figured that maybe that'd be enough. You know, you're probably the dumbest smartass I've ever seen in my life. Just How can I be creative when I'm starting to feel so violent? I'm, just, I'm telling you right now to drink a beer. No. Just, I mean, not no, but... Don't eyeball me. I, I'm not eyeballing. Look at me. I, don't eyeball me. I, look at me. Don't you understand that you can look at me and not eyeball me? No, I don't. Yeah, there's a difference. Okay, sorry. You're disrespecting me verbally. I see it in your I, eyes. I, I'm not. I'm ready to do this vocal when okay. you drink that beer. No. What? I, what? What? So I don't... What? I don't want what? a beer now. Don't want what? a beer now. What? Don't what? want what? a beer what? now. Don't want drink a beer Drink a beer. Drink a beer. Stop it right up Drink a beer. Well, you're relaxed now, aren't you? This is probably my favorite of the Austin skits because I think it's the funniest. Um, you know, him asking Jim Johnston for his credentials. <laughs> you got a resume? What have you done? And Jim's like, well, I made your theme song. Yeah, it's a great song. And then Austin's like, I mean, anybody could have done that song, you know. <laughs> and he's like, yeah, look at me. Don't eyeball me. Look at me. Don't eyeball me. I, I enjoyed it, Chris. I can't lie. Well, I'm glad you had fun with this one, Andrew. <laughs> I'm, I'm very glad. At this point, I was just like, okay, we get it. I get it. Let's get on with the next song. Like, that's, I don't know. I, I had to listen to this album through a couple of times, and I don't recommend that for anyone playing along at home. 
Well, eventually, Jim Johnston, you know, he finally stands up for himself after being berated by Stone Cold the whole way through. He puts his foot down. Don't want a beer now. Don't want a beer now. Don't want a beer now. I don't want a beer now. Take that beer and stuff it right up your bang. So poor Jimmy got knocked out by Austin. And uh, we end on a cliffhanger. What's going to happen next, Chris? I'm in suspense here. (sighs) What a cliffhanger. Up next, track 14, and uh, this one is going to be sung by Head Shrinker Fat t- Oh, no, sorry. No, it's, it's Make a Difference Fat t- No, wait, hold on. Uh, it's the Sultan. No, no, I got it. I got it. It's Junior Fat 2 from TNA. No, no, no. I'm kidding, of course. It's Rikishi, known for his large rear end, and as such, his song is called Put a Little Ass on It. This world is crazy Holding on tight Trying hard just to keep control Don't let go But don't worry baby I'll show you tonight A way to soothe your soul Come on baby Let's go Till you stop all this shaking Put a little ass on it Oh, listen, baby Put a little ass on it Like a baby, like a baby Put a little ass on it Feel the smooth Put a little Put a little ass on it. Put a little ass on it. Oh my god, the the amount of soul infused into this song is just incredible. It, it's the longest song on the album at 4 minutes 44 seconds, and every second of it is just overflowing with slow jam goodness with the dreamy piano and the drum machines, the sensual tempo and the background singers. It's like a sequel song to Mark Henry's Sexual Chocolate, because Rikishi is also a big fat guy who's trying to be all sexy and smooth. Um, I mean, Rikishi isn't a good singer, don't get me wrong, but for a song like this, I think he's the right man for the job, Chris. This is just gross. (laughs) Put a little ass on it, like a baby. To quote Frank Costanza, what the hell does that mean? I mean, seriously, I, I... I was hoping he would shed some light on this on the DVD. But this is all he said about the meaning of the song. And I quote, The meaning of the song is like, when you're going through hard times in life, or you're having hard times in your relationship, all you have to do is put a little ass on it. And he rates the song an 8 on a scale of 1 to 10. Well, at least he's honest, you know? (laughs) But, um, I mean, he's right as far as the theme of the song goes. Everybody's running, rushing to nowhere, or just running away, losing their way. But help is coming, gotta have faith, in a better way, a brighter day. 
Oh, I know you're lost and searching, but I'm gonna show you how to stop all this hurting. Put a little ass on it. I mean, it's all right there. Yeah, it's uh, it's true. It's true. You know, people ask me a lot now. I hate this question because I just got married within the last six months. So everyone always comes up to me with, "Oh, how's married life now?" And I'm like, you know, it's 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 real easy. The 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 key to married life is just, you know, times are getting a little rough. You're going through some problems. You just got to put a little ass on it. That's all. That's all. Just a little bit. I don't know how Rikishi manages to put a little bit of ass on anything, <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. It's just, you know, it's just one of those things. I'm surprised it didn't become a thing. I'm surprised that people aren't walking around right now with that as like a, a t-shirt or something like that at wrestling events. You brought up the line earlier, like a baby. Um, you're right. It is pretty damn creepy and weird that that line is in a song like this uh, because it's a romantic slow jam. And it's not like he's using the word baby as a term of endearment. You know, oh, my baby. Come on, baby. No, he's referring to an actual baby. And that's not the kind of image you want to think about with a song like this, Chris. Imagine having to do backup vocals on a song. You get the lyric <laughs> sheet. And you're like, actually, I'm sick and I can't work today. <laughs> Put a little ass on it like a baby. No, I think I, I I think that that would get me on some kind of a list if I if I sang these words here. Can I do the Kurt Angle song instead, please? <laughs> please, wrapped please. in leather. Let's go. Let's do that one. Track fifteen, and this is the fourth and final women's song on the album. It's Stacy Keebler. She's got legs and she knows how to use them, but can she sing? Let's find out with her song, Why Can't We Just Dance? Don't you just want to dance? Dance, 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 dance. Talking forever, but closer together. Wanting to be with you more and more. Is it the time to go to the floor? Okay, Stacy. so just get into the booth right there and uh, put your headphones on. All you have to do is read that line in front of you. Why can't we just dance? Good, we're done. You can go home now. I'll just copy and paste this line 50,000 fucking times over and over again, and that'll be the song. I mean, this has to be the laziest song on the album, right, Chris? It's something, and I'll tell you exactly what it is. This is the background music for a commercial for Bratz Dolls. <laughs> you can even replace the background vocals. Dance! You can even replace it with Bratz! And it would fit perfectly. Look it up on YouTube, people. I'm telling you. it. I would not be shocked if either Stacey Keebler or Jim Johnston 
did an interview and we we're like, oh yeah, so that uh, that legendary song, Why Can't We Just Dance, that was actually inspired by, we were watching a, uh, we were watching some TV in the studio and there was a Bratz doll commercial and we just thought, it's perfect. I mean, like, it's it sounds exactly like that. I, I, it's so bad. It's so bad. And if this album came out five years later, this would have been so smothered in Pitt's correction and, you know, auto-tune and Melodyne and all that stuff anyway, because that's just what music became at that point, that it actually would have just sounded like everything else that was popular. But at this point, it's still a little bit like, oh, we're uh, we're compensating for something here. A little lack of uh, vocal ability here. Yeah, it, it's essentially Stacey Keebler just monotoning her way through the whole song. Say that you want me. Say that you need me. Isn't it time to walk the walk? Why don't we just dance? And then Jim Johnston modulates her voice and spams the dance, dance, da -da 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 dance, dance button. And adds a whole bunch of little beeps and boops in there. And hey, we got a pop song on our hands. You know what it is? It reminds me of like every reality TV star who tries to be a musician and put out an album. Like Paris Hilton or Brooke Hogan or Heidi Montag. And it's always, always, always like the most basic dance club song you can imagine. No real thought or effort put into it. Essentially just, you know, one big cash grab. Not to say that Stacey Keebler is herself like those women, you know. I'm sure she's cool in real life, but a song like this does not present her as a good singer with artistic integrity. No, and not that she's claiming to be. But, I mean, this song is kind of like the musical equivalent of Jenna Maraska doing the match with Charmel in TNA. It's kind of like that, where someone who has no business doing something goes out and does it on a large scale. That's what this is in, in musical form. It's, it's not, it, it's, why can't we just dance, parentheses, because I can't sing. That should have been the title of the song. You know, if I'm being honest, it's pretty darn catchy. I can't <laughs> lie, you know. <laughs> I, I found myself popping along to it at times. It, get, it gets in your ear, Chris. Andrew pulls up to work with this blasting out of his car. <laughs> Driving past Trump rallies, why can't we just dance? <laughs> Oh, man. Track number 16, and this is the final song of the album. It's also the only song on the album that was a theme song before the album actually came out. It's for John Cena, and it's performed by John Cena and the Trademark. Can't forget about him. This is Cena's old theme, Basic Thugonomics. So... Think you're untouchable. Word life. This is basic thugonomics. This is big basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Word life. This is basic basic thugonomics. Word life. I'm untouchable, but I'm forcing you to feel me. Whether fighting or spitting, my discipline is unforgiving. Got you backing up in a defensive position. An ass kicking anthem, heavyweight or phantom, holding camp for ransom. The microphone phantom, teams hit the floor, it's the new fight joint. Like a broken needle, kid, you missing the point. We dominate your conference with offense, that's no nonsense. My theme song hits, get your reinforcements. <laughs> 
We strike quick with hard kicks, ducking ice sticks, bare knuckle mitts who fight pits, beat you lifeless, never survive this. Get forgot like all timers. Two-faced rappers walk away with four shiners. The raw rhymer, turning legends to old timers. My incisors like a viper biting through your one liners. New dead man ink, and we about to make you famous. Taking over Earth and still kicking in your anus. Word life. This is basic thugonomics. This is big basic. We talked about this song already back on the first hip hop themes episode a few years ago with Rich. So That's right. we won't talk about it in too great detail again. But I think in regards to the album, you know, on the one hand, this is the best song on the album, bar none. Yes, by and far. One of the few songs that I wouldn't be embarrassed to listen to. But on the other hand, you know, it wasn't written for the album. Cena started using it in March 2003 which is almost a full year before the album came out. So it is in line with the rest of the album because it's a WWE wrestler performing the song, but it's sort of separate as well. So it's kind of tricky in that regard, Chris. I guess maybe it's just there to give people a reason to buy it. I mean, although this is not the song you need to be hiding at the end of the album, I, I will say, holy shit, this sounded like the greatest song of all time after all the suffering that came before it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, the line, New Dead Man Inc., and we about to make you famous, taking over Earth and still kicking in Uranus, that comes off like, I don't know, prime Tupac <laughs> in comparison to some of the other dreck on this album. Yeah, man. I'm You know, I'm going to say, I don't know what we really talked about the last time we discussed this, but... I know that I've always loved this song. I'm going to go on record and say I think it's one of the best wrestling themes ever. It's a really good theme performed by a wrestler that perfectly represents the gimmick and still holds up to this day when you listen to it. I think it's really one of the best wrestling themes ever. I'm going to go on record with that. All right. High praise. High praise. Um, I wouldn't go that high with it myself, but I too have a soft spot for this song because it was part of my earliest wrestling years and... It was only around from like 03 to 05. And from then on, it was just, you know, nonstop. Do, 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 do. It does make you miss it after a while because it's been so long, which is why I loved at last year's Mania when Cena came out to it for that Elias segment. I thought it was Yeah, that was awesome. cool as hell. But yeah, we covered this one already in detail last time. Um, sounds great. Cena's great on it. Fits his character like a glove. And uh, hopefully one day he'll use it again. Hopefully, but I mean, it was a definitely a sound for sore ears here. Definitely, definitely. All right, we've reached the end. The final track, track 17. And one last time, we'll see what's going on in the studio with Stone Cold Steve Austin. The track is called, Don't That Taste Good. Well, you're relaxed now, aren't you? Hmm? Laying there like a little pile of trash? And I tried so hard to come into your studio and be gracious? You know what? You look thirsty. Why don't you go ahead and have that beer right now? Boy, doesn't that taste good? Is that good? <laughs> it would have been so much easier if you got to drink it with your mouth, but you wouldn't listen to Stone Cold, would you? And now that you've had your beer, man, I feel like singing. Uh, let me see here. Just press this record button. I should be good to go. So Austin is standing over a fallen and knocked out Jim Johnston, blaming everything on him, of course. He pours a beer on him, and he finally, finally feels like singing. So he presses the record button, 
and the rewind sound effect plays, and the album just ends like that. So that was a little comedic denouement of our five-act play, Chris. I'm so glad we had time for one more of these, let me (laughs) tell you. Is that the same rewind sound effect from Being the Elite whenever they do their little rewind gimmick? They haven't done it in a while. I think everybody has that one. It's like the same, yeah, the same one that gets used everywhere. One of the, yeah, that's, that's funny. I don't know. That's all I have to say about this. Here were my wife's thoughts on this. It sounds like he's peeing. What if he was peeing? <laughs> that puts the line, don't that taste good, into a whole new context, doesn't it? <laughs> oh, all right. That we did it. was WWE Originals. It is done. It is over. It is finito. And that was, you know, a very interesting album. Not good, but interesting. And, you know, looking back on it as a whole, I wouldn't put it on the same pedestal as aggression in terms of historical significance. But it is, I think, a cool snapshot of the era and a throwback to a time when WWE, you know, did stuff like this. Because nowadays their music department is just such shit and so lackluster and has such little to no identity that we won't get projects like this anymore. So as weird and as bad as this album got, (laughs) it does give you that nostalgic rush and take you back to to better days, Chris. Yeah, it's really from a bygone era of the music department in this company. And, you know, like you wrote in your piece a little while ago about the decline of uh, WWE music in 2019, they just don't have this kind of infrastructure anymore. And by infrastructure, it's really it was really just one guy, but he accomplished a whole lot. And I don't know if they're ever going to be back in that kind of a place where they have someone who could even sit down with these wrestlers who have no vocal ability at all, except for Lillian Garcia and John Cena, and actually come out of the studio with something usable. I I, I don't know if you can just pick up anyone, you know, from the Internet and have them produce an album with Trish Stratus and and Booker T and Kurt Angle and, and have it actually be something worth discussing on a podcast you know all these years later so it's kind of sad but at the same time i'm really glad that nothing like this will ever happen again (laughs) well that's gonna do it for this episode of music of the mat thank you so much for listening and uh thank you from the bottom of my heart for the past three years i mean i am so grateful to all the fans of the show out there Um, Whether you listen to just one episode or all 77, uh, thank you so much for your time and attention. It is so, so appreciated. And thank you as well to Rich, Joe, and everybody else at Voices of Wrestling. Uh, Their love and support has also been just so important to this podcast. And, of course, thank you, Chris. I mean, I would not be doing this show without you. And whenever I have you on for these anniversary reunions, I do my best to remind people of that. So again, a a massive thank you to you. And how about this? How about this? I pledge to you right now that I will have you on again sometime during the year before the next anniversary show. How about that? I would love that. That would be awesome. Thank you, first of all, for keeping this show going. It is a treat to see it pop up every other week in my podcast app. I listen to a lot of podcasts, but I I always get excited whenever this one pops up because I'm not on it so I can actually listen to it and enjoy it. 
So it's just been really fun to listen to it for the past few years and hear the different directions that you've taken it and you've had some really great people on. I especially love when you have Suit Williams on. I, I think he's a fucking riot. Uh, much love to everyone at Voices of Wrestling. It's really cool to be able to watch a New Japan or Dragon Gate broadcast and know that not only did this whole team help with the broadcast, they're being actually mentioned on the broadcast. Including this is me. really cool. I finally got my Kevin Kelly shout out. I was so happy. <laughs> I, I'm so proud of everyone involved. It's it's really cool. Um, you know, much love to everyone at VOW. Um, I'm just really happy to to come on and, and whenever you want to have me on, I will be there. Definitely, definitely. And uh, as far as the topic goes, you did bring up our truth name earlier, no! didn't you? The monkey paw closes. No, please, no, 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 no. Let's talk about CM Punk. See something, something you good. You fell right into my trap once again. No. <laughs> you son of a, you son of a gun. Uh, oh man. Uh, but um, any plugs you want to give, Chris? Oh, yeah, actually, I do have something to plug this time. Uh, I recently started a new music project called Wrestling Undercover, where I produce covers of wrestling themes in all sorts of different styles and genres. Um, I have about five or six done right now. My latest one that I did was a synthwave cover of the Wrestle Kingdom theme song. It's real fun. It's a nice creative outlet that I have. I work on in between different music projects that I do. And I'm able to still do something involving wrestling, which is pretty cool. So it's a lot of fun. If you want to check that out, uh, it's at youtube.com slash wrestling undercover. It's also on SoundCloud. If you go to my SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash cmstrike, there's a playlist for it. Uh, I'm also available for any uh, audio production, podcast production, editing, voiceovers, music production, all your podcasting needs. That's what I do for a living, so... If anyone's in need of that, you can contact me, uh, visit multitrackminds.com and hit me up there and let me know. The Seinfeld version of the Big Boss Man theme was especially great. <laughs> I love that one so much. I, I you thought, know, I thought it was real funny when that big freak Kramer's <laughs> fake daddy died and went straight to hell. <laughs> you know, if I could do that over again, I would start it off with him doing that as like the intro stand up <laughs> and then have it go into the theme. I thought of that after I, I put it up. You're a big nasty bastard and your mama said so. <laughs> I thought you'd get a kick out of that. Uh, it's great. It's great. I'll remind people, of course, that Music of the Mat is part of the Voices of Wrestling podcast network. Check out all the great podcasts on there at voicesofwrestling.com. Follow the show on Twitter at Music of the Mat. Follow me on Twitter at Andrew T. Rich. You can discuss the podcast and other topics at the VOW Discord. That's VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Discord. If you want to donate to the show, you can do that. Just go to VoicesOfWrestling.com slash Donate and click on the big Donate button underneath the name Music of the Mat. It's just that easy. You don't have to donate, of course. The podcast will always be free. But if you do donate, hey, that's awesome. A reminder as well that the VOW 2019 New Japan Year in Review ebook is now on sale. Voicesofwrestling.com slash NJPW19book. That's the number 19, not the word. Pay what you want on Payhip, $5.99 on Kindle, 
and all the money goes to the book contributors, so keep that in mind. And finally, rate, review, subscribe on iTunes, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and many other places. Chris, thank you again, and I'll see you around. Thank you. All right, for Chris Maffei, I'm Andrew Rich. Three years of Music of the Mat are behind us. Year four, here we come. I'll see you next time on Music of the Mat. Take care, guys. Three, oh, it's the magic number. Yeah, it is. It's the magic number. Somewhere in that ancient mystic trinity, you'll get three. It's the magic number. The past and the present and the future. Faith and hope and charity. The heart and the brain and the body Music of the Mad is intended for entertainment and information purposes only. The songs used throughout this show are property of their respective copyright holders.